With a bad foot pumped up Because statistics are the best The bad foot pumped up Because you don't need footwear to bet Welcome back to the Barefoot Punter. I'm your host as always, the mug, your co-host, the logical one. We take our inspiration from the Barefoot Investor, but instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the AFL and NRL 2021 season. And it's a big welcome back to the program, to the logical one. Thanks, Mug. You don't need footwear to bet. And in the spirit of that, the Pope has gone foot footwearless tonight. He's got no socks. He's got no shoes. It's that is correct. He's sitting next to me at the moment. He is barefoot. He is the barefoot. Big punter. introduction to the Pope. Thanks, Mug. Well, we're probably what twelve hours away from lockdown, so just getting in the spirit of having no shoes on, won't need them for the next eight weeks. So just getting used to it early. It's uh, it's been a bit of a rough old day in uh, in Melbourne town, and things could be heading for the worse. And we'll we'll talk about that in the first game that we talk about about crowds potentially and how that's going to influence uh, this week's betting. Um, but logical over the weekend, we popped along and uh, had a little bit of a bow peep at uh, at Saints, uh, your team, uh, paid up and proud, passionate member, I believe this year, and um, and it wasn't pretty viewing. What did you see over there? We talk about. We normally talk about our favourite segment, bad beats. That was a disgusting beat. The Saints. <laughs> yeah, nothing bad about that one. And a part of it is I'm really annoyed that I wasn't across it because I, I think I flagged last week how they've got a lot of passengers, the Saints. Their, their bottom few is really, really soft and they and that showed out. It's almost like when McKernan plays, he almost breaks their spirit. He just, you know, like that shot on goal, goal early and the things he does, like the two games they've gone smashed, been smashed in, McKernan's been really ordinary early and then they just have too many passengers and it was a it was a sad sad well, game. logical there's another fella in there that i'm very suspect when he's playing football for st kilda that's frawley and like i just cannot believe he's on a list full stop and the fact that he's actually getting chosen in the best what is it these days 24 three, 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 three five with the, yeah, with the sub um and now they're actually talking about this week Dunstan and Wood coming in and, 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 Dunst, and Dunstan, oh my goodness, you know, like I'm sure these guys are nice guys and they've done well to have good careers, but the AFL system has passed them by, I think. And uh, yeah, geez, if they're talking about him, they're in a little bit of trouble, the Saints, I think. They have got some concerns and I was going to flag that to you, but you're all over it, Mug. <laughs> um, Avid listener of the program, good friend of the program, Queensland's best racing tipster, is putting up some uh, some more questions for us on the barefoot. He's asking about D. Widler Pope D. Widler versus PVL. I think Curls might be a P, be a PVL sympathizer, um, but uh, Pope, educate me. Who is this D. Widler character, and does he have a bigger ego than PVL? Media identity in two words, mug. Very Melbourne listeners, probably the Tom Brown, the Tom Brown of the Sydney Sydney media, give you somewhat here. And yes, he does have quite the ego, Danny. So um, making waves, headline those interviews with PBL and as logical one said last week, PBL controls the media, and that's the narrative that these interviews are taken. So that's the best I can give you, Danny. Why there is Tom Brown of Sydney? Is he almost is he almost playing up to it though, Pope? Is he is he? The pe- people noticing how much he loves his head on TV, and he's he's making sure his head's in shot on these vi- these interviews. Yeah, and he's coming out regularly, and he's easy, it's easy to hide behind that we're protecting players, but he's getting his uh, mug on camera at every opportunity at the moment. Happy to speak up whenever his name's been raised, which is unusual when you look at the Gillen approach to letting things slide. PBL's not that way. He'll 
come for the fight whenever his name's mentioned in derogatory terms? Logical one. Well, that just about says it all. If you're putting that guy in the same category as Tom Brown, that probably explains it for our uh, our Melbourne listeners. Logical. Any bad beats over the weekend? Well, I haven't. Well, I have got a few. There was a few in the AFL, but before we get onto the AFL, another very good listener of ours, the King, and he's a very shrewd man. The King. Oh yes. He looks. He looks into things in a different way, and he and he he did a soccer SGM on the weekend because he knew this guy is a German, the leading German goal scorer of all time. I think is the case, and he was playing what was potentially or probably his last game ever. So Feed him the ball. So what he did, he did an SGM into him to score mm. and to get a yellow card because he knows that if he scores, it's his last game, he's going to rip his shirt off and he's going to get a yellow card. Oh, you get a yellow card for that these days? You get an instant yellow card. Right, for, I didn't know that. Shirt off. Okay. So that to score, the guy's twenty, but to, I think the, the price he got was $12 into any time score to get the yellow card. Anyhow, because of COVID – the match doesn't allow spectators. And so there's only scouts at the game. So that's one issue. Plus also the guy has scored in the 89th minute. He's ripped his shirt off. Carl's just like thinking this is just yellow card. You've got to – but the ref, 89th whistle. minute, they didn't – there was supposed to be three minutes of injury time. Ref's just had enough. Game's over. He's just blown the whistle, called the end of it. And hasn't blown the – either hasn't blown the yellow card or he's blown the yellow card and the scouts haven't reported it and it's not on TV. So he's – Got beat. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best. That's uh, that's awesome. Of course, the king, a big rugby union man, um, and the listeners from a couple of years ago would remember we had him on for our uh, our World Cup uh, preview. Um, oh, very good. Well, that's uh, that's that's an awesome one. What did you see in the AFL for bad beats? Logical. Well, there was uh, there's a one that's everyone's speaking about the the noise of affirmation. It just wasn't there for the D's, was it? Because there were some horrible decisions there late. The demons that nine calls and the and the crows got over the line there. So that was the one that I that really showed out for me. What was bit. interesting about that one, logical, and you were quick to uh, highlight this to me was that non-decision for the out of bounds wasn't even the worst decision uh, that probably caused the bad beat. There was a decision before that. The holding the ball on keys uh, was an absolute shocker. And then after that ball, ball gets to uh, Tex and then that's the that's the game as Tex well. Tex doesn't so. miss those, does he? He's if, a, if there's one guy you want having that shot, he's, Tex. Uh, he's, he's very good. He taps it through from 40 out. He just goes bang. Flushes them. And uh, Pope, what about over in the NRL? What did you see? Well, you had a golden point game this week in the – NRL mug, which is an increasingly rare feature of NRL it obviously week to involve, week. It obviously didn't involve the Storm or the Panthers. Didn't. <laughs> Games going down <laughs> the wire isn't, isn't something you see in the NRL much these days. Logical one. But what we the biggest bad bad of the weekend would be Brisbane Broncos 1-12 to punters. So big outsiders against the Roosters. That line went off minus 25.5. Broncos around $11 head-to-head. The 1-12 to price, about $15. Led by 12, three minutes to go. Roosters... On the attack, flinging the ball around to try to obviously make up two scores late. Turnover, Broncos run 80 metres to score to win by 18. So they oh. get 13 plus at a big price, but 1 to 12, no one's thinking Broncos are getting anywhere near them, let alone winning 13 yeah. plus. And if you if you wanted a bit of 1 to 12, that, that 14 to 1 gets chin. Pretty unlucky. 
Well, I think we know uh, Logical's opinion on the 1 to 12 betters and the 1 to 39 betters yeah, and so do. forth. Serve okay. yourself right. right no <laughs> no sympathy. Uh, no sympathy on this program for those uh, particular betters. Just a, <laughs> out of interest, uh, Pope, what was that price on the 13 plus for the uh, for the Broncos? 40 to 1. Oh, geez. Okay. So uh, if you're on that side of it, that was uh, a nice bit of value uh, for you. Logical. Are you ready to just? Well, oh, uh, just one one thing we spoke about last week was the rising star, and I just wanted to reiterate again this week. We went talked about Tom Green last week. Yes, had a massive game on the weekend. I think he had twenty seven and two, only playing seventy five percent of game time, playing inside mid. I just cannot see him losing the rising star unless he gets wow. injured now. Okay, injury can stop him. But I just like the only possible Shoals averaging twenty disposals, and he's but he's he's not doing. I don't think anyone's talking about him. He's are not. They? No, he's not. He's not showy. He doesn't. Yep. He doesn't stand out. But then I'm just like Warner, he's going down to 15, 16 possessions every week. Cox is Cox. getting ten, twelve to yep. posies. George Yardis is only getting like ten to posies, kicking a few goals. What about uh, is it Powell for Powell, North? Is he? He dropped away. I think he had ten possessions one yep. week and fifteen last week. He's just none of them are getting those twenty plus possession gains and goals and inside mids and just like I just can't see like James Jordan, Luke Jackson, like they're the ones in the market. And I, d- I just can't see them. Price? If, what do you got for us, Logical? Well, it was I think it was two eighty five around or two seventy five around this week, but I still think that's backable. Put it in, put it in some multis or yep, yeah, and the like, and and just yeah, I think he's a good thing. Injuries, what, what price is injury? And it's not probably that price. Yep, terrific. Okay, well done. That's uh, that's a great one for the listeners. Well, we'll take two on this one. Are you ready to do some games? Sure am. All right, let's do it. Friday night, Marvel Stadium. It's the Dogs hosting Melbourne Logical and. Um, well, a few events in Melbourne have potentially changed the complexion of this one a little bit. Disappointingly, potentially no crowds. So we'll see how this one plays out. But uh, we've got the Dogs here, six and a half point favourite. Uh, head-to-head bettings around about that $1.67 versus two twenty-three. What are you seeing here? Well, it's Marvel Stadium's pretty pretty key. I think the Dogs are better at Marvel than what Melbourne are. I think Melbourne, Melbourne have played one game at Marvel this year and that was against St Kilda which they beat, which looked all right at the time, but that form line's not maybe so impressive now. So that, so Western Bulldogs will get the advantage of it being at Marvel crowd or no crowds. Uh, um, I don't think no crowds affects it too much. Take a little bit off though, you think? Maybe a little bit off yep. the dogs because, yep. you know, there wouldn't be as many Melbourne supporters there. A, a, a touch, but it's not like your interstate versus your yep. Victorian sort of benefit. Melbourne coming off a loss, dogs absolutely flying. Price is about what I make it. I um, just no no bet for me. I'm just going to really enjoy the game. Hope the D's get over the line for the minor premiership. But um, it's going to be a cracker. But the price looks good to me. Yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed with this one. I, I I thought that line looked like it was marching out. You know, the D's had obviously got beat in Adelaide, and I shifted from it was I think one and a half now out to six and a half. I think got out to seven and a half, and I thought, oh, you beauty, this is uh this is heading towards double figures here. And if that's the case, I want to be on the D's, but it's actually retracted back a little bit. And so I'm, I'm losing a bit of enthusiasm. My lean's to the D's here. I, I, I just think that um, everyone's getting a bit excited about the doggies beating up uh, on some of the minnow teams. And um, there is a bit of recent um, comparison teams here with Carlton and Richmond. And I think Melbourne has passed both of those tests better than what the doggies have. So with the points, I'd, I'd probably favour Melbourne, but I would like to see a little bit more line movement. And also Trelaw out, 
Salem and Viney back uh, potentially for Melbourne. So I like that player movement. So my leans, um, you know, maybe zigging when everyone else is zagging. I think there's a fair bit of love for the dogs, but my lean's probably to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good comparison, those comparisons. But the dogs, apart from that Richmond game, they've really done nothing wrong before and yep. after. No, that's true. But, but, um, and, and some people might say that Melbourne's, uh, since that Richmond win, have, have tapered a little bit. You know, if you sort of look at their game since then, maybe they haven't quite performed to expectation. But, um, geez, I never thought I'd find myself saying this. I, uh, I like the Ds here. You're saying that these – I ever heard a theory a Melbourne supporter only would be able to justify this. He said the Adelaide game was the, the loss they had to have, oh. the one to spark them up to get them going for this week. Yeah, well, I think, you know, maybe there is a bit of truth to that. Maybe it does sharpen them up a little bit. And so we'll see how we go. Next game is a great game, and it's up at uh, the Gabba. Lions taking on GWS. Uh, we've got the Brisbane uh, Lions here pretty short. Dollar twenty three taking on GWS four dollars twenty, and that line logical uh, started around about twenty nine and a half. Some providers have trimmed it into twenty seven and a half. Still, some twenty nine and a half out there. Um, really gain, uh, really keen to gain your insights on this one. What are you seeing here? Well, I think. Firstly, we spoke about this the other week. Who's the highest rated team in the comp at the moment? And we, we couldn't really definitively agree on who that was. And there's probably an argument at the moment to say Brisbane is that that team. They are absolutely flying their last six games, um, playing really well. And, you know, like their injuries are, are pretty well. Apart from Lockie Neal being out, they're not too, too far away from full strength. GDRS... Also going really well. I've turned it around. At the start of the season, they looked really horrible, but they nearly beat Richmond. They beat West Coast. Um, they beat up on um, – um, who was it a few weeks ago? They beat up on Adelaide away from home and, and, and have done – you know, played played okay against Essendon. So their, their form line's really good. Sam Taylor being out I know. really worries that, me. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, he's been really good. Yeah, uh, And they're probably they're – maybe that one key back, just, they were just holding on. Um I saw the opening and without Sam Taylor, I was like massive on, on GWS on this one. But with, with that, him coming out, I'm just, I've, I've sort of, you know, really sort of gone off that a little bit and I'd say slight lean to GWS, but probably not enough to have a bet at that line now. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm pretty happy with how GWS are going as well. Um, I think, and I, I think I said this uh, quite a few weeks ago, but they're a better team without Davis and Cornelio. Like, you got green, like their their midfield just seems a lot fresher and faster and tougher, and and their backline, you know, with the likes of Taylor and that uh, marshalling the troops down there, seems just more mobile and more agile than what it did when Davis was down there. So it's you know maybe a bit of a bad thing to say about the GWS. They're two of their leaders, their captain, and it's maybe it's okay. Canelio's only got five years. Yeah. Going. <laughs> oh, that's going to be one of the biggest stitch up contracts of all time, well, isn't you, it? If I said tomorrow you could have Tom Green or. Oh, Jesus, you know that's that's a pretty easy one. That one, who you, who you'd prefer? Um, so I'm quite happy with how GWS are going. Brisbane are flying, no no doubt about that. But um, but yeah, if you if you're twisting my arm on this one about who I'm betting on, I'm betting on GWS here. So I'm 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 I've had a little bit of this one logical and um and and feel pretty good about it. So yeah, I'm with GWS. We're going over to the West now, Logical. The Eagles are hosting Essendon, Optus Stadium, Saturday night. Um. We got this one. Eagles pretty short, dollar uh, twenty one, and uh, Essendon four dollars forty five, and that line started at thirty and a half, and uh, is now trimming up twenty six and a half, uh, twenty five in a couple of other spots. So, um, yeah, a bit of a move here. 
What are you seeing here, Logical? We are going across the west. We hope we're going across to the west. We're well, yeah. That, we hope that Essendon yeah. are allowed to, um, fingers crossed, they're allowed to go over there and play without having to quarantine. Uh, very wet conditions predicted for this game. A lot of rain on Saturday, so it brings them closer together. And I also think Essendon um, are going really well. The, their form line recently is pretty, pretty decent. They get Stringer back. And as we know, West Coast just aren't going that well. Their tall forwards are probably what's key for them and the wet won't help them. They, they're a very tall side and they're, they're sort of a bit lost as to play a second ruckman or what, what they do with a few of their tools. So I think um, with all that, I'm, I'm really big on Essendon, the plus 26 and a half, and let's, fingers crossed, this game goes ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen on this one as well, logically. In fact, I'm, I'm keen on most of the outsiders this week, to be fair. Um, I think... Um I think it was was it Gary Lyon or maybe it was Jason Dunstall in the coverage against GWS highlighted how tall all of their players were. He reeled off about a dozen players above one ninety five centimeters, and um, I just thought, and they do look tall when you watch them play. They're not agile, they don't move around well, but um, yeah, they are too tall at the moment. And um, Essendon are a pretty quick team, and uh, I think they're going to they're going to find some trouble. And uh, I think that big line, um, I know I, the weather, um, you've, you've highlighted that now. Uh, that's that's a great bet. And I, I, I like that as well, mate. So that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, they're talking about bringing in another Ruckman. So then Oscar Allen would have to go down back. And and that's like, it's, it's uh, you know, like they've got a wealth of tools, but it seems incredulous that he's going down back because he's playing so well up forward. They've just got so many tall guys down there. The one thing I do like too um, about Essendon's potential ins this week is the big fellow Draper uh, might be coming back in. And we saw on the weekend um, Mumford going in the ruck against Nat Nui and he really banged in hard to uh, Nat Nui. Now I feel Draper will do the same thing. So that could help potentially negate a bit of uh, Nick Nat's influence as well, which is, you know, we know how important Nick Nat can be as well. So I like that move too from, from Essendon. Yeah, they're really crying out also – West Coast for um, Shuey oh, and, and Yo to get back in. They, their midfield's where that like um, Jedos really bashed them up and inside mid on the weekend dominated that game and could have won by a lot more. Okay, great. Well, that's a good one for the listeners. Consensus bet from the boys there. And then for the last game of the round, logical, we're over to the Adelaide Oval uh, evening game here on the Sunday, which is uh, always nice on a Sunday. I like that one. Uh, Port Adelaide are hosting the Dockers and. Uh, Port Adelaide are short again as well. Uh, $1.20 and Fremantle $4.60. Again, this one opened up at 30.5. I don't know if they uh, the, uh, the 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 traders just said, I don't know, mate, just 30 and a half will do. <laughs> We've got about five games, 30 and a half on Sunday night. Uh, 30 and a half and um, that one's trimming up a little bit, 27 and a half uh, now in some markets. Um, but, mate, what are you seeing here? And you know what's really interesting about the 30 and a half all those big lines around that 30 and a half mark, a lot of those teams are coming off losses. I know. Or just one. You know, St Kilda, 27 and a half point favourites coming off a 100 point loss. Richmond, 30 and a half, you know, point favourites coming off a loss. West Coast, 26 and a half point favourites coming off, coming off a and loss. And I mean, Port, Port won, but, just you won. know, it wasn't convincing, was it? So, yeah. One of the listeners actually put that on uh, Twitter. It's like, when was the last time someone had a 100 point loss and started $1.25 the next week? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, JT chimed in and a couple of others uh, chimed in and gave us the facts. Um, there's been three, I think, in the last 20 years oh, that, really? have, that, have, that have done that. JT, yeah. red hot. Good stuff, JT. He was all over it, the man. Um, Mate, what are you seeing here? Uh, I see again a little bit like West Coast. Their port, at, they're at home and a good side that everyone's sort of on reputation a little bit. 
they're carrying injuries and they're out of form badly. And some of these youngsters like Rose, he's not playing well. But Butters is still out. Dersma's still out. They're not. They're not going great. And Fremantle have been okay. So I just think at the twenty-seven and a half there, I have to be on Freo at that plus. So yeah. Yeah, since that um, beating that Freo copped off Carlton, I mean, Freo have been pretty honest uh, since that point in time. And and the beating off West Coast was probably uh, that so, uh, Sorry, yeah, yeah. And, and and if you give the exception of that one against the West Coast, yeah. then uh, they've been going okay. That was a disappointing loss from them. They really ran out of legs in that game. But yeah. other than that, they've been okay. And, um, you know, I've said it before, I think they're well coached by Longmuir. I think he really knows what he's doing and um, – they got some really good young talent, and um, and they've uh, come to Adelaide Oval this year and won already. Yep. And uh, when the man with the funny haircut is uh, is going beast mode, um, that means trouble for uh, for the opposition. So, mate, I like uh, I like Frio here too, and I I think that line is too too big. I liked it at the thirty and a half. I think it's still a bit at the twenty seven and a half. And uh, yeah, go your hardest. Uh, and it, you know, I just don't want to get off too much off track because I totally agree with there. But one of their key players at the moment, he played really well, is Darcy. And I just want to tell a little story about the mug and how good, <laughs> how good he is, how good he is at picking talent. And, and he said to me one day, really astute, he said, this Darcy, he said, just fitness, no good. No, he's never going to make it. Like he can't, he can't go on the. I AFL. was, I was surprised uh, when Big Sean got uh, when Big Sean got drafted because uh, his fitness was probably never up to a standard. But you know, credit to him, he's he's worked really hard over the last couple of years to get his fitness up and going, and he's uh, he's in, you know proving to be an important part of their uh, their combination. So well done to him. Ha- always happy to see that happen. Logical, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but Frio's the bet here. Um, Feeling good. Do you know who I really like for for Freo Logical? While we're just uh, transgressing a little bit, um, is it Schultz? The uh, yeah, Schultz with the dark two, hair up forward. Kick two goals. He, like he, he's just one of those examples of a player. He's not the most skilled player, but I tell you what, he he really gives all uh, up forward. He battles so hard to keep the for, the ball in the forward line, and uh, yeah, I really I really like what uh, what he's doing. And their young midfield's going great. And the other thing on that one too, logical looks like they get Brayshaw back uh, too, which is a big inclusion for them too. They do, but Tabner is a slight yes. doubt, yep. which would be yep. you know yeah, on Schultz thing. Tabner wouldn't wouldn't help. Yeah, um, but uh, I, that sounds like another consensus bet. Sure does. All right, mate. Well, that's a uh, that's a good AFL chat there for the listeners. So hopefully there's uh, some value in there. Now it's time to talk some NRL with the Pope. Okay, Pope NRL round twelve, and there is heaps to cover off tonight. Um, I had I watched a game on on Friday night, and I'd have to say for the first time possibly in my whole life, I'm on side with PVL with the send off rule. I thought it was was warranted. I did those headshots to the head. I was happy to see those guys getting sent off. And this has had a major effect on the betting side of things. So I wanted to talk to you a bit about that. Um, probably A, how many send-offs there were again on the weekend and what's that done to the total points since we've seen the rule change? Yeah, so 12 Simbins on the weekend following on from 14. So the consistency has probably seen the narrative shift a little bit towards – if they're going to do this, fine. Look, we're protecting the players' heads. So that's that has moved, and your opinion, logical one, is valid and interesting because not watching a lot of rugby league, it's good to get that perspective at the time. So that aspect of it, if they're going to go down this road, fine, but they've got to continue with it, and then the behaviour might stamp out. So not not against it. Again, touched on last week, it's probably more they brought this in mid-year, 
late in a week leading into their, their showpiece, how that got enunciated is probably the more the problem than the actual rule, the crackdown itself. Yes, yes, and they're looking for the long-term uh, value of the game with, you know, concussion becoming such a big part and in inclusion of kids playing the sport and so on. The total points, what how's, how's, what's happened there? Through the roof, as uh, in simple sentence, most games are 50 now. Most games are in for 50 and a half, 49 and a half, 51 and a half. Go back six weeks, night games. So the lower end of the scale, the, you'd still get 40 and a half. Night games now are 49, 50. Like it's, uh, yeah, so yep. points have gone up per game to give an average. They've probably gone up six or seven points per game um, over the last month. Yeah, I'm looking through now and the lowest quoted total this weekend is 49 and a half. It's never seen anything like it. Extraordinary. And as I said, you usually night's a pretty big impact for league totals generally compared to a day game, but no, there's no difference now. Even the, the night games on surfaces that might be dewy, might be non-advantageous to attacking football, they're still in for 50 points. It's been a big shift. Yeah, and I sound like a bit of a broken record here, but the Storm and Penrith, they just covered the line again on the weekend. And Storm were missing plenty. They were missing all their spine. So they were they had a second second rate team. <laughs> That's a bit extreme, but they were missing I've said a number of times on the, on this pod. One, six, seven, nine, they're the key to the team. They were missing all those. Still went off ten and a half point favourites. The milk were missing some players, but down ten nil, still covered comfortably, one by twenty four. Yeah. They're on different plane those two at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And last week you spoke we you went through a couple of tips last week. You liked you liked the uh, Roosters. They got cleaned up. Liked South. Again, we spoke Penrith, smashed them. But the big one, the three tips, if you follow the three tips, you picked Tip Manly and we, we spoke about them, thir- 12, th- 13 plus last week. They came in. That was superb. They were really good. Paramount a good team, scored six points, which, as we've touched on, it's not easy to keep good teams to six points at the moment. They were, they were unreal and they're a bona fide Premiership threat, I'm going to say. They're, they're the sixth best team in the comp. On their best day, they, they can obviously challenge these top teams. They beat they beat Parramatta, who are almost a lot for the top four now. Beat them on Sunday, so that shows where they're at. They're, they're only the sixth best, mainly. I think so. Okay. So okay. Depend, depending on – there's a lot of player movement at the moment around suspensions injuries, but everyone fit, they're still behind the Roosters, who would be the, the one above them. And they will – you spoke about this last week. They will get uh, – have a – significant effect on their team during origin period, won't they? Yeah, they will. They'll for one, they'll be missing turbo at some point in a game leading up to it. That's huge impact. And even with his injury issues in the past, coming back from origin, you'd think he's gonna get rested for one or two games, what that does to them and the momentum they're currently they've currently got, that'll be interesting to see what, what happens to their team in that period. When Turbo doesn't play versus he does play, how much does that move the market? It's getting more by the week, probably. That I'd have it around fourteen or sixteen now. Fourteen or sixteen points. The turbo. <laughs> that is that's bigger than any AFL player. Like that is that is just off the charts. Fourteen, I'd say. Like so, so it, yeah. really, that much? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Wow, that is that's something else. Yeah, he's unbelievable. I've recently biased, but I've never quite seen anything like it. And what he's done to the guys around them who looked. Reserve grades are touched on daily chair. Evans, his brother Jake, who hadn't been playing well at all, all of a sudden they're um, ten foot tall and they're they're playing like a premiership contender, which is where they were at the start of the year, and they look like it with Turbo without it, a viable wooden spoon candidate. It's an amazing turnaround. Jeez, if you had a had a direct line to the um, Turbo injury news, you could, you could make some money, and and that's what 
it's very famously Andrew Johns used to have some links to um, some interesting characters around the traps, and he used to he used to smash in when Andrew Johns, who's the one that I previously remember that used to have such a big effect on the market back in the day. Yeah, and he's prone to injury, as touched on too. If he goes down mid-game, that's going to wreak havoc with with markets, futures markets, and the like. If that happens again this year, so extraordinary impact he has. Yeah, great, great, and. So the first game um, you wanted to look at this uh, this week was um, look at the South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Parramatta Eels at um, Stadium Australia. Quite a quite a good betting game this one. Uh, the Rabbitohs at dollar seventy two and two two point favourites against Para two fifteen. Best of the rest this game. Penrith Melbourne on a different plane. These two are the third and fourth team in the comp. So a little bit of idea around probably who's going to be in that preliminary final potentially at the end of the year. Both coming off bad losses on the weekend too. So really, really interesting. I love Souths in this. The band's back together. The last piece of the jigsaw, Cameron Murray got named this afternoon. So they've got their full strength. And I think when you get your best team back, everyone's going to sort of walk a little bit taller. They'll um, we'll be tipping at margins this week. I, I love them at minus two. Love is not something that Pope says lightly. He did love the milk there for a while, but he doesn't say that a lot. So that's that's exciting. So great stuff there. Okay, the second game of the uh, round that we want to speak about, Pope, uh, we go up to Coffs International Stadium. Cronulla are taking on the Gold Coast Titans, and we've again two point favourites to the Gold Coast Titans, a dollar seventy, and Cronulla two eighteen. All about the favourite again. This one, logical one, neutral venue. So you're basically saying Cronulla's. Two-point worst team, the Titans can't have it. That's bigger for me. Titans are fluky. Titans are inconsistent. They get Fafita back, though. Cronulla borderline quit on the season at times. They did beat an undermanned Dragons team last week, but they went eight-point favourites and went to golden point. Prior to that, been hammered three or four times. Love the minus two here with Titans getting back together. Some faith you've got to take them on, an inconsistent team, but... I can make this a lot bigger than two points. I'm just going to dig into that a little bit deeper then. Inconsistent team, but you like them. Would it suggest that you probably back them at the 12, you know, the bigger margins, the 13 plus, rather than rather than the minus two? Potentially, or in in addition to, but definitely 13 plus at, at this price is going to be a really attractive price. They can be downhill skiers too, Titans. If they get on a roll, they can really go on with it. Um, coming off a few tough weeks without... Their best players, they've got them back on the park now. feels like a game where they might go on with it. So, yeah, good call. We'll be talking 13-plus again in this game. And the last game of the round, uh, Sunday afternoon at 4.05 at McDonald's Jones Stadium. Newcastle Knights taking on my favourite team, the Manly Sea Eagles at the moment. Uh, 11.5-point favourites, $1.25-point favourites. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Pope? This is going to sound contradictory, Logical one after just waxing lyrical for five minutes about Tommy Turbo, but love, don't love, I like Newcastle at the price. Four dollars at home, emotional game for Manly in the weekend. Can see a bit of a letdown from them. Hard to back up off these really significant wins too, going away from home. If you look at the two teams on paper and did a composite team, you could still, despite Newcastle being out form, you could still get five or six Newcastle players into a composite 13. So... $4 is a really big price. They get their talisman, Kalen Ponga, back for them. You're sort of banking on Turbo having a bad day, and I think we're prepared to take that on at $4 at home. That's, uh, I think, mainly... Is Ponga one of their short. better players, Newcastle? 
yeah, he's he's their player, their their best player. Um, not worth the same degree to Newcastle at Turbo is to Manly, but he makes a huge difference to that team. And this price looks too big for me at the moment. So a slight overreaction to the Manly win last week, gone yeah. gone a bit too far. And that's the week said on the pod last week. Question mark around Manly, how good are they? Well, we know they're pretty good now, and this market's reacted. But going too far, and we're tying into some emotional factors. They're going away from home. Potential letdown from a really impressive performance. But Newcastle at home, in addition to Carl Pong, Bradman Best, who's a potent outside back, is back for them too. It's a, it's a really attractive price here, 375 $4. Yeah, so the head-to-head would be the, the bet for you, or a bit of both? Probably a bit of both at, at how big this line is, but there is also the angle of the outsiders at the moment. You can see, you can see the plus, not quite as attractive as the head-to-head, but I think we'll be betting into both while this price stays as it is. Yep, okay. So there you have it for the Pope this week. Newcastle Knights, Gold Coast Titans and the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the three likes. And before we sign off, uh, next weekend we've got a reduced amount of games, I think. So in light of that, we've got a very special guest. Can you uh, give us some insights? Yeah, really, really interesting logical. I've got Paul the Modeler coming in to talk around sporting models in general, but specifically league that he's focused on lately and some of the stats we'll save for next week, but he's going really impressive clip um profit on turnover on league at the moment so we'll go to that side of which is something we don't talk to too much and not how i go about it hearing another perspective is going to be really interesting good week leading up to uh, there'll be eight days out from origin too so it'll be really interesting to listen to yeah it'll be good paul paul's i've known paul for a long time and he's he's going to be in this room he's going to be by far the smartest guy in the room he's a very very sharp character he's built models for soccer he's built models for afl and he's got one at the moment on NRL that's absolutely humming. So we'll be able to sort of dig into him and ask it what factors he's put into that model and, and how the, how it's going this year. And this is a new world, isn't it? This is becoming increasingly frequent this way of going about it, which is different to how we've done in the past. So it'll be interesting to have that new world perspective too and how these things are done. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's been a great, great NRL segment this week. Pope, do you want to close us out? Gamble responsibly, but more importantly, gamble to win.